0: welcome dj welcome jeremy so uh we're gonna start off here by letting everybody know that this is now the good life store podcast as well as the titch twitch channel so we're gonna be recording this and we're gonna be putting this out uh For people on our podcast channels, as well as YouTube, as well as every day at two o'clock, Monday through Friday, you're going to be able to catch us here on Twitch. And that's just the beginning of where we're going with all this stuff. So I don't know about you, DJ, but I think the uh, path that we have chosen is going to be really, really good
1: oh yeah i'm not worried about censorship anymore we can talk about what we want to and we can get on pretty much every platform we want this way
0: we can inform and educate finally yes so for those of you that are just listening to this uh you can check us out on twitch to see the videos and we are we are the good life store on twitch or you can check us out on youtube and we're also we're also the good life store on youtube so we're going to be putting all of our videos up on YouTube for archive purposes and then also we're going to be doing everything here live on Twitch every day every day so uh yeah I uh, I wanted to address one thing really quick I didn't have time to get the picture and uh but we have we are saying goodbye for now to Jess Jess is a huge member of our team here at the store she's been an instrumental part in helping uh, all of us grow this she has just been so creative on uh, making the store look great so jess i don't know if you're listening but if you are we love you we love you dearly we are so sad to see you go we're so we are so excited to see what you are going to do, whenever you get to your final destination.
1: We are gonna miss you, girl.
0: Yeah, Jess was a she. She uh, came on as a new friend. We didn't know her. Uh, we took a chance on Jess, and she ended up being one of the best things that ever happened to the company. Oh
1: yeah, she's she's a she's a star up here. And I can't wait to see what good things she does once she gets to her next destination. Yeah,
0: she's going to be helping us out a lot. She's uh, going to be doing some blogging for us on our website, and then we're uh, well, we're hoping that she'll go up there and kind of get her own thing going up there, so that she can spread the values that we have here at Good Life. She can spread that to uh, to more people wherever she's going. We don't want to, We don't want to give out her location to
1: anybody. But just know she is still very much part of this family.
0: Very, very much so. And I'm sure she's going to be here every day on Twitch with us. Yay! So I noticed yesterday also that the connection was poor and the replay on YouTube is a little bit skippy. So I apologize for that. Unfortunately, our internet is not the best up here, but we've minimized it as much as we possibly can today so we're hoping that uh, the issues have been resolved and that the playback and everything is nice and solid here. So uh, I guess, uh, do you want to do the format? Do you want to you do the same format that we've been doing? Do you have anything yeah, good, good that's been going on with you?
1: Uh, well, a few things.
0: Well, uh, what's going on?
1: Well, uh, found out that my daughter got uh, invited into the National Beta Club. It only took her, you know, till she reached 11th grade to get there, but we've got Beta Club now.
2: <laughs>
0: Congratulations, Hannah. That's awesome. I never did anything special in school.
1: I sang. That that. That's, that, that was my life. Choir. I,
0: I was the skipper.
1: I skipped. <laughs>
0: that was what I was good at in school. Uh, let's see. My bright thing. I haven't prepared this. Um,. Uh, well, you know, I'm big time into my garden. I always, always talk about my garden. Uh, so my Carolina Reapers are coming in. All my peppers are coming in. I just got this new stuff off of Etsy called Plant Medicine, or it's like Plant something. I can't remember, uh, but it's supposed to make everything just amazing. So. I'm gonna see when I get home how that looks. So I have something to look forward to and see what this plant stuff did to my.
1: Yeah, I've been following plants. your pictures. It came up nice.
0: Yeah, I've I've definitely gotten into it for sure.
1: Very therapeutic.
0: Yeah. Odyssey mushroom elixir. I talk about them every day because they are my favorite. This is the coffee. This is gonna be the uh, mocha coffee one. Hey, Lindsay. There you go. Okay. And then also, of course, I have my energy drink for the day. Passion fruit orange guava for today. This one is delicious. I had the lemonade yesterday. And do you have any products that you'd like to talk about before we get started with the show?
1: Well, seeing as how we're going into mushrooms today. Mm. The silly gummies. Oh, okay. So these gummies have a phenomenal taste to start off with because i'm not really a fan of the taste of mushrooms themselves so these have got more of a gummy fruity flavor um i myself like the pineapple flavored ones when i tell you that this is just regular old store bought mushrooms that anybody can get but they just make me happy
0: yeah you and like Thousands of others.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've had a a craptastic last couple of weeks with a bunch of uh, stuff going on in the family. And I I don't think I'd have made it through if I didn't have at least two gummies a day. They just kept me kind of even kilter and just... In an all-around better mood.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of getting scared because I can't find them uh, to order, and I'm not (laughs) getting any responses from the company that makes them. So I'm a bit nervous. So I, I think I actually warned you guys if they go out of stock.
1: We're trying to get them back.
0: Just, just know that there's a there's a slim chance. I uh, won't let him run completely out anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things in the store that occasionally it'll run out, and uh, but you know, we all, we have our staples that'll always be here. just maybe one or two days there's might be a slight hiccup.
1: And that's definitely one of them.
0: Yeah. All
1: right. So
0: speaking of Odyssey. Uh, let's get into the first video. Um, this one is just, <laughs> I found an ad for Odyssey. So I wanted to start the show off with uh, a shameless plug towards my boys in Odyssey. And the reason, I, I want you to know something about about Odyssey. The reason that I pump Odyssey so much, I don't even know if you know this, DJ. Uh, I ran into them, I met them in Tampa at a convention. And I think it was at the end of my day I was exhausted. If you've ever been to an expo before, it's a freaking nightmare sometimes. Uh, you you have a thousand different conversations. You have to remember a thousand different names. You know, I could go on and on about what's good there, and bad about They're definitely long, hard days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you feel like you worked 16 hours if you walked around for a couple hours. Oh, yeah. So, as far as uh, these, these drinks go, I, I was literally rounding the corner to leave and I saw the drinks and I was like ah well ah, yeah let's try it. We had no intentions of bringing beverages into the store. We had uh no idea that this would even, you know, this path would I just was thirsty. You know, I, th- I think <laughs> everybody else was like, "Ah, sure, let's try it." So we we hooked up with them. We talked to them for a few minutes. They were the super super nice guys like the Odyssey guys, there's a lot of dick bags in this industry. Odyssey people uh, from Odyssey Elixirs are not those people. They're really, really nice people, good people. And uh, we connected, I don't even remember the guy's name that I met, but I the rep that was dealing with me, you ever have those people that you meet in your life where you're just like, this dude, Like we met in a you know past life or there's some sort of like that weird
1: instant connection
0: yeah i me and him were thick as thieves you know within like <laughs> two minutes but uh he he woke me up to an idea that i there's an important role that alternatives play in our lives and in, in my lives especially uh, in my life especially i i've always rolled my own cigarettes whenever uh I smoked cigarettes. I always uh, made my own juice. Whenever I started vaping, I'm I'm a very self-sufficient type person. But in order to make that a staple in my life, I need alternatives to do that. So uh, I never thought about it in a business sense, and I'm, I'm say all of that to say that odyssey elixirs is one of those companies that woke me up to the idea that it's way more than just vaping and hemp and things like that mushrooms are now a staple in our store Uh, i drink mushrooms every day i'm putting together a video and i meant to have it ready today i shot a video this morning of me making my smoothie uh, to demonstrate how i intake uh mushrooms every day but i haven't i haven't had time to edit it and put it together uh so i'll get that ready and maybe you know sometime next week we'll play that but i say all that to say that mushrooms uh are a very vital part of your life this this episode is going to teach you in depth from other people's mouths from science uh, from the scientific community from people that have never experienced mushrooms before to the medical side to the psychedelic side there's a thousand different ways to look at it and i think that we've kind of narrowed it down to a really really good uh set of videos dj was a this has been your episode here for a while you've been wanting to do this one.
1: No oh, yeah yeah
0: so let's start it out with the odyssey ad here we go
3: Odyssey Elixir produces ready to drink functional mushroom beverages that are meant to enhance the lives of those who drink them. We have carefully crafted various formulations that boost energy, focus, mood, and immunity by utilizing potent adaptogenic mushroom extracts and infusing them with flavor forward ingredients like passion fruit, orange, and guava. Odyssey Sparkling Elixirs are crafted to increase your cognitive edge, clarity, and focus. Our highly concentrated adaptogenic extracts elevate your body, mind, and spirit. The sacred geometric shapes of Metatron's cube radiate positive vibes and empower you to harness your own personal power to feel and do good. Odyssey Elixir. Free your mind,
4: one sip at a time.
0: You go, boys. They got picked up by CVS and Whole Foods, so they'll be in us. They're available right now in the Good Life store. Uh, They're a staple here in our store. They're going to be in uh, nationwide in all CVS and Whole Foods. I'm not sure exactly if they got the entire market, but look for them if you're uh, if if you have one of those kind of stores in your area.
1: They are delicious. There isn't a single one that I wouldn't drink, and I'm a very, very picky eater.
0: Yeah, they don't taste like mushrooms. No, (laughs) no, no, no. The coffee is so good that I don't drink coffee anymore. I just, I wait till I get to the store. I have my smoothie in the morning, I wait till I get to the store, and I have my morning coffee every morning. So they've gotten me off of uh, coffee. Not that coffee's bad for you, but, you know, it's nice to have alternatives. Yep. All right, so let's get into medicinal mushrooms. Ready? Let's go. Oh, hello, first time chat. Hi, how are you? Thank you for being here. All right, we're talking about mushrooms. So uh, this first video is going to be a medicinal breakdown of mushrooms.
5: There are thousands of different Ah, mushrooms and fungi in the world, and although I I truly love them all, there are some that hold a very special place in my heart. These are medicinal mushrooms or functional mushrooms and although they're becoming more and more popular every single day the idea of mushrooms being anything more than just a garnish on your pizza is still a pretty novel concept for so many in this video i want to go over the basics of medicinal mushrooms including what's in them what makes them so special and the top types that you need to know by the way if you like mushrooms as much as i do and you want to see more mushroom content please take a second to hit that subscribe button also if you feel like it when you're down there hit that like button as well it really helps the channel grow
0: Round two!
1: We were just saying if y'all were listening. Yeah.
0: Sorry, we we were trying to fix the frame rate. So
5: first of all, what are medicinal mushrooms? It's a term that gets tossed around a lot, but basically it means a mushroom that is used for specific health benefit. Immune support is the common unifying factor among medicinal mushrooms, but they're also used for cognition, for focus, for energy, for vitality, and for just general health and wellness. And the concept is nothing new either. I mean, medicinal mushrooms have been used since ancient times in one form or another. Now, these types of mushrooms aren't the ones you'll typically find at the grocery store unless you're shopping in the supplement aisle, and they don't really have great culinary properties either, and they can be really woody and bitter with a few exceptions. So instead of being cooked, medicinal mushrooms are usually ground up and extracted and turned into either a powder, a capsule, or a tincture. Medicinal mushrooms are definitely trending more recently with more and more products available that include different varieties of mushrooms in some way. I'll always see a bump in interest when guys like Paul Stamets go on Joe Rogan and start talking about all these amazing things to do with lion's mane, or some mainstream news outlet will write an article all about the powers of mushrooms. But these mushrooms are nothing new. It's not an exaggeration to say that some of these mushrooms have been used for thousands of years. Reishi is a good example of this, with some writings dating back all the way to 220 AD that reference reishi mushroom. What is new, however, is a better scientific understanding of how these things actually work in our body. The science is still ongoing, but the body of evidence is starting to point to something that ancient cultures already knew and experienced, and it's this. Medicinal mushrooms are able to support our health in a variety of different ways. So what is the magic inside of the mushrooms? And of course, it's not real magic. It's compounds that can be extracted, isolated, and studied. And here are the top ones that you need to know. First off are the beta-glucans and I won't harp on this too much because I did do an entire video about beta-glucans which you can check out but basically beta-glucans are a special type of polysaccharide that's able to interact with our immune system and modulate our immune system and support our immune system in a variety of different ways. In short they are a complex carbohydrate that's made up of a long chain of sugars. Now these aren't sugars like you'll find in candy. These are special beta-linked polysaccharides or sugars that again are able to interact with our immune system. Fungal beta-glucans are the main reason why mushrooms are used for immunity and they are hot water soluble which is why a lot of people like to use mushroom tea. Another important compound are the triterpenes. These are a class of compounds that are alcohol soluble and are thought to be responsible for some of the antiviral, some of the anti-inflammatory, and in some cases the hypnotic properties of mushrooms. There are unique types of triterpenes in specific mushrooms, most notably are the ganoderic acids in reishi mushroom or lucidum, and the betulinic acid in chaga. Mushrooms also contain sterols, most notably (laughs) agosterol, which is actually a precursor to vitamin D. So if you leave certain mushrooms out in the sun long enough or you expose them to UV lights, they actually massively increase the amount of vitamin D in the mushrooms, which is why sometimes you might see vitamin D supplements that are made from mushrooms. So let's talk about some of the different types of medicinal mushrooms. Now, the relationship that medicinal mushrooms can have with our physiology is really complex and mushrooms can work in all sorts of different ways, but I find it helpful to think of each functional mushroom as having its own superpower. In other words, each mushroom type has its own unique characteristics and can benefit us in different ways. (laughs) First up is lion's mane, and this is probably one of the most popular medicinal mushrooms right now. And the thing that characterizes lion's mane is its It's ability- to to help with cognitive function and people use it for mental clarity and for focus and other kind of brain benefits. Lion's mane is one of the few mushrooms that actually is also a delicious gourmet mushroom. So although it's most commonly used as a supplement, it's no slouch Mm -hmm. in the kitchen. Next up is cordyceps, which is often thought of as the athlete's mushroom. Cordyceps is used for energy and for endurance and its claim to fame is the potential it has to increase the efficiency at which oxygen is used throughout our bodies. Cordyceps is unique in how it grows, and some species of cordyceps actually do grow on bugs. Luckily, there are other species of cordyceps that are just as effective that don't need to be grown on bugs, like cordyceps militaris, which can actually be cultivated on a substrate like soy or say, rice. I eat we that one every the day. about different compounds in mushrooms, and cordyceps actually has a unique compound called cordycepin. Now, cordycepin is similar to adenosine, which is a molecule that's endogenous in every single cell in the human body, which is why cordyceps has such a powerful effect on human physiology. Perhaps the most famous medicinal mushroom of all is a reishi mushroom. Now reishi mm. is also known as the mushroom mm, of immortality and it's typically used for sleep spore, some of those for relaxation, in my for immunity, and just for overall vitality. Now reishi is a polypore mushroom, which means it has pores mm. on the bottom instead of gills and a lot of spores come out of these pores. And that is another unique aspect of reishi in which the beneficial compounds are in both the spore powder and in the fruiting body. So the best way to use reishi is to use something that is made from the fruiting body and the spore powder and is actually dual extracted. Another super popular mushroom is the turkey tail mushroom. Now this is the mushroom that is most well known for supporting immunity. Of course, as mentioned before, basically all medicinal mushrooms share this immune supporting ability, but turkey tail is really in a league of its own. It's absolutely packed with fungal beta-D glucans, which again are these molecules that support our immune system and they're water soluble, which is why I'll often see people using a turkey tail tea. Interestingly, turkey tail is also the most popular medicinal mushroom used for dogs. And that might sound crazy to some people, huh. but dogs can actually benefit a lot from medicinal mushrooms in the same way that humans do. And turkey tail is the most popular mushroom for that purpose. Did and finally we have chaga, which I is known as the I've king of up. medicinal mushrooms. Now, as I mentioned in a previous video, chaga isn't technically a mushroom, it's actually this hardened mass of birchwood and chaga mycelium, but it's absolutely cram packed with all sorts of beneficial compounds like fungal beta-glucans and triterpene. So it is also one of those mushrooms that really benefits from a dual extraction. Now, there are lots of other less popular medicinal species like shiitake, tremella, enoki, even oyster mushrooms are considered a medicinal species. And perhaps later I'll do kind of a mini guide or a video on, on all of those different types of medicinal mushrooms. But the five I've mentioned here really are kind of the big mega medicinal mushrooms that you might be seeing Everywhere. If you want to learn a lot more about each one of these mushrooms, what makes them special, and what they might be able to do for you, please check the link in the description of this video and go to our website. We have mini guides on each one of these mushrooms, which provides a lot more in depth information on
0: each one of these species. Cool. So, yes all the ones that he's talking about all these supplemental the five mushrooms we have them in store uh, in capsule form you have a lot of those in the odyssey elixir drinks uh they are also in the silly gummies so we have a and we have mud water as well we unfortunately can't sell that one online due to our agreement with them but they are in our store
1: and these mushrooms for medicinal purposes uh they, they have so many health benefits. They are anti-inflammatories. They are antioxidants. They help the cognitive brain function. I can tell you just on the regimen that I've been taking of just the silly gummies that my adhd which is is bad if you know me it's squirrel um <laughs> just since taking That's those why we're such good friends <laughs> i'm able to when i want to sit down and do something i'm able to actually put my mind to it and sit down and get it done rather than feel like i'm being pulled in 15 different directions and only partially doing a little bit of everything i can actually sit down and finish a project which has been really good for me because yeah. i'm actually being able to get stuff done
0: I actually attribute a lot of um, the ideas that we come up with. I attribute that to my mushroom intake on a daily basis. Um, My partner now takes mushrooms in her smoothie every day to try to help her uh, anxiety and focus and things like that. So yeah, it's definitely catching on all over and there's so many ways to consume it too. Uh, You know, if mud water and, and, silly gummies and all that isn't your thing. And you're just looking for something that doesn't have flavor. We also have powders uh, on the Be Well side of the store where those can be mixed with any drink, any smoothie, any coffee. They don't have to even be an alternative. It can just be an addition to whatever you already take.
1: Yeah, and we've got the capsules over there individualized. So if you find that you know the Cordyceps do everything that you need for them to do, you can buy just the Cordyceps. Or if you find that Lion's Mane is what you need, then you know you can buy each individual one in a capsule form. Yeah, and just take your daily vitamins.
0: Yeah, and Lindsay's mentioning that she can't wait to try out the Mud Water. Uh, they have a rest and as or they have a daytime and a nighttime as well, and and they're both very very good. I like them cold. Uh, I love. To mix mushrooms I, and mud water too. Even though I drink a green smoothie, for some reason the mud water actually adds a little bit of a kick, nice little kick to it. So yeah, I, I love it. I use sacred mushrooms or mud water, depending. Um Stacy she enjoys the uh peanut butter shakes, so mud water goes perfect with, with peanut butter shakes. So that normally it's yeah, good. I, yeah, I normally I'll just throw it in there with my green smoothie. Okay, so this next part is insane. I didn't play the whole video for you earlier because it's such a crazy, crazy video. I'll start this off and give it some context. Um, It was a guy, it'll name him in the video, I can't remember his name, but he is on the Joe Rogan Show and he is talking about fungi. He's talking about, or fungus. He's talking about how they have intelligence and that there's now scientific proof that mushrooms hold intelligent maybe not thought but they're aware so this is insane among us fungus is Um. among us for (laughs) sure watch this is this is nuts concept of language like you were talking about just the idea of nature and intelligence and these words that we have that we have these uh, sort of uh, uh, concrete definitions in our head that don't really apply to some things that are very very confusing to us like the idea
6: of fungal intelligence the idea that you could somehow or another understand the language that these things we don't even, we don't even understand dolphin language right well, one classic example example uh, Japanese uh, are so clever at this. They um, there's a slime mold, you know, um, called Physarum uh, polycephalum, yes. and they had a um, and this slime mold is very very good at navigating through mazes and challenges. I mean, first the food wins. You know, the conservation of energy, you know, is rewarded. So, know so how wanna... they
5: set this up? They like they well, put a little
6: bit of it. <laughs> they they did several experiments. the The fun, most fun one is they. Um, they designed uh, a nutrient um, uh, basically a nutrient like maize um, replicating um, tokyo and the japanese subway system and uh, so they started it with tokyo and they put uh, oats which is a nutritional source they inoculated what is on this basic an kind of agra map um, with all the major cities the nodes around tokyo and they then each of those nodes had a piece of oat on them, which was a source of nutrition. The main uh, oat uh, was where Tokyo was. They inoculated it, and then they let the slime mold then grow. And first, it grew out randomly, exploratorily, you know, just like you would do if you're a hunter or something. You're hunting on the landscape looking for things. And then after about 28 hours, it reorganized itself in the most efficient way possible and reorganize the Japanese subway system in a more efficient manner than it's designed today. What? They, they said, That's crazy. not me, not Paul Stamets, this is a demonstration of cellular intelligence. Whoa. So this is the tip of the proverbial mycelial iceberg, you know. This is, uh, has broad implications. And I just want people to that suspend their disbelief nuts. and this goes into... Can we just stop for one second?
0: And address the fact that a a microorganism was able to redesign a subway system underground in the most efficient way possible so that they can get around better, more efficient.
1: That is absolutely crazy. They've got a mind of their own.
0: A mushroom did that. It's Mind blowing.
1: Survival of the fittest.
0: Yeah. I didn't watch the rest of this. We'll see where it goes with it.
6: It actually the evolution of human consciousness. And Terrence McKenna was a good friend of mine. I love Terrence. I especially loved him the last five years of his life because he made fun of himself so much. Terrence, um uh, people took Terrence way too seriously in many levels, but as his brother Dennis uh, which I think has been on your show a couple times. Yeah, Dennis is a great, great ally, great scientist. But, you know, Dennis said even if 10 percent of what Terence said was true, it's, it's friggin amazing. It's, and Terence and Dennis both came up with a stain, stoned ape theory. Now, it's not a theory. It's a hypothesis. A hypothesis is speculative. Uh, but cannot necessarily be as not yet proven. A theory is a hypothesis that has been tested and proven with facts. So I disagree with them in saying it's not a theory, it's a hypothesis. But the hypothesis of the stone ape, uh, 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 of the stone ape which I think you've alluded to before, is that with climate change and as the savannas increase, and our primate ancestors came out of the, out of the forest canopies, they're, they're tracking across the savannah. And if you're a hunter, what do you look? You look for footsteps and you look for scat. Uh, and the most significant fleshy mushroom going out of poop in in Africa, hippopotamus, elephant, you know, uh, deer, antelope, et cetera, um, is psilocybin cubensis. It's a very large mushroom. You're hungry. You're with your clan. You consume it. And then 20 minutes later, you you're, are catapulted in this extraordinary experience. Psilocybin substitutes a serotonin becomes a better neurotransmitter, activates neurogenesis, it causes new neurons to form, new pathways of knowledge. So that's a stone-date hypothesis, and it speaks to a mystery that the human brain uh, basically, the brain cavity doubled in size in about 2 million years. Some people say it's less than 200,000. Uh, less than 200,000 arrived... 200, years? Yeah. Homo sapiens arrived 200,000 to 300,000 years ago. That's a big gap, right? It's a, it's a big gap. Well, the science is like that. So mm-hmm. you want it, you know, to be scientifically accurate here, I need to show the the extreme margins of what's been estimated. So if we accept 2 million years. that the, and it's shown in the fossil record, this is true, the oldest homo sapiens fossils are 300,000 years old now. Um, but we have a subtle, suddenly doubling of the human brain. Um, and with that, our language centers increased our ability to prognosticate, to plan. Um, and there's no explanation for this uh, currently. And even though we may not be able to prove it, I ask people to suspend their disbelief for a second. Now think of this. Our primate ancestors are going across the savanna. They ingest these mushrooms as a clan. Massive input for anyone who's eaten these mushrooms. Huge amounts of data is coming in. Fractal patterns, geometrical you know, landscapes occur. Um, you have empathy. Uh, you have greater courage. You're fighting a saber, saber, saber-toothed tiger. You know, one day you're, you have a fear of it. Uh, we know now from neurogenesis and the extinction of the fear response that has been clinically proven, psilocybin allows you to reset and have different neurological pathways to respond to fear, overcoming the fear of conditioned response, potentially PTSD. And there's a lot of research on this currently. So, but this wouldn't happen one time with one hominid group. It wouldn't happen two times, 10 times. Happened millions and millions and millions and millions of times over millions and millions of years. This leads to what I think is called, uh, this should be called epigenetic neurogenesis. We know that there's a regeneration of neurons. We know that soul subs- substitutes the serotonin, it opens the floodgates of the senses, you have a lot more data coming in, and we know that it has extinction of the, of the fear response. So if you're the leader of your clan. Yep. You've had this traumatic uh, event, either war or cataclysm from earthquakes, whatever the case may be, or encounter a saber tooth tiger, whatever. If you're the leader of that clan and you can overcome your fear response, you have courage and you have empathy. Those are leadership skills. I think people should take note of it. People like to follow leaders who are courageous and yet kind who they can trust, they'll have their best interest in mind. So I think this propelled, I think it's a lot. It's a very good explanation. It's an unprovable hypothesis. But now we're at a junction and for the net and we're ready for the next quantum leap in human consciousness. I think psilocybin should be looked upon as a nootropic vitamin. And there's a huge amount of interest in this. Johns Hopkins University, as you probably well know, uh, New York University, UCLA, elsewhere in Europe. There's major clinical studies that have been conducted in the past two years showing exactly what I'm saying about overcoming fear response, neurogenesis, overcoming PTSD. This is now medically uh, quite seriously considered and something that I think that we should explore under controlled settings. I'm not into partying uh, with psilocybin mushrooms.
7: Damn. You're I going can, so good.
6: <laughs> yeah. I can understand. The Ari Sefir is going to be here in an hour and a half, and he's the creator of Shroom Fest. Uh-huh. He's going to be very upset with your idea that you shouldn't party with it. Well, I think there's greater benefit to well, yourself, I, I to you yourself, and, 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 and humanity. I think these are serious tools.
1: I think you most offended him there.
6: Well, so all right, let's let's uh
0: let's go into that a little bit. stop music hold on let me fix this Again. interact pause shut up okay <laughs> okay so there's a world to unpack there um, for one the idea of uh a vitamin-based microdose is one of the most interesting concepts in terms of applications of mushrooms that I've heard of in a long time. I agree with the scientists that it should definitely be done under controlled uh, settings. I don't know how that would be a possibility, especially with the uh, rampant over abuse of, you know, most things like drugs in that in that sense. But it makes sense to to me and with my knowledge and my experience with uh, psilocybin as well as just functional daily mushrooms, the connections part, that's where for me, it it peaks my attention when he says that because... My personal experience has been when I have issues that I just can't find solutions to, I cannot solve the problem or, and, and that's my entire life. I mean, DJ, you you see me on it oh, yeah. all day. My entire life is driven around um, problem solving. Right. I, f- I firmly believe that this business would not be what it is. We would not have the insight that we have we would not have the direction that we would have without these things, without all of these mushrooms. I attribute this entire store to mushrooms. Uh, I had an issue where I couldn't put it together, you know, and I went through with a micro and I legitimately saw the end result of what is now the store. And, and it looked in my head exactly as it does now in the store. It's It's a mind blowing experience that I could never, ever put into words, but I agree that that's what it does. It, it, it forms more connections in our brains and it allows for you to put things together in a logical, real world way that, that does, it's not, it's not getting high. It's not drugs. It's, it's literally opening up more parts of your brain so that you can arrive at a solution that is based in real life logic and unlike a high or unlike drinking, when the experience is over, those connections stay. And that's the part that to me is why people are looking into it for PTSD uh, and and for depression and, and trauma and anxiety and things like that, because it allows you to deal with it in a logical non fear based way. And that, That can change someone's life i mean especially when you're talking about a traumatic experience that every time you have the thought of that thing it brings you to your knees you know uh
1: and being able to go back in and open up those synopsis and replay it and get over that fear and being able to live your best life because you you're no longer hindered by that fear
0: there's a video upcoming uh, it's called Demystifying Mushrooms. It's not. It's after the next video, but he's going to get deeper into the, this subject that we're talking about now, in terms of mental health care and uh, how this is effective in terms of, you know, like I said, forming those connections and then keeping those connections. But we'll we'll take a deeper dive into that whenever we get there. But for now. <laughs> yeah let's go to the next video i think you you have you watched the whole brain on shrooms video yes okay can you give us a synopsis of what it is
1: basically what she's going to do is she's going to break down all the different um the different uh what do you call them the I can't words are hard right now apparently uh, all the different chemicals is it, that is are it in s- them uh, psilocybin or is it, yes it, okay uh, there's the, it's a little bit on everything it's on serotonin it's on psilocybin it's on all the different chemicals that are in the mushroom in the magic mushrooms okay. um just kind of breaking them down and explaining to you how they affect the brain and and it okay. goes on it plays on what you were just talking about okay, how perfect. you know you only use like 10 percent of your brain but with the magic mushrooms, it allows those synapses to fire better, cool. creating pathways that weren't there.
0: So yeah, <laughs> maybe we'll get to deep dive into this video. <laughs> okay, let's see. Let's go.
1: Your brain on shrooms. The beginning of this is trippy. I liked it. This is your brain. This is drugs.
0: How does that ad ever it?
1: it always just makes me, me want eggs
0: yeah yeah that mescaline wow that's strange stuff Whew. this is a
2: disaster i think it's awesome but full disclosure i just drank ayahuasca i love
0: the, the how hell they make it Iowano? messed up. what's in that tea psilocybin
8: lsd it's just tea
2: let's talk about lsd mm-hmm. lsd is bad i have eaten <laughs> some mushrooms Magic mushrooms?
4: I am uh, it's
0: tripping my eyes hallucinating.
4: out. Okay, so I've been googling what the internet says about magic mushrooms. The DEA says that magic mushrooms are abused by ingesting them orally, and the psychological consequences of psilocybin use include hallucinations and an inability to discern fantasy from reality. Panic reactions and a psychotic-like episode may also occur, particularly if a user ingests a high dose effects of overdose include longer, more intense trip episodes, psychosis, and possible death. So, the DEA thinks these are pretty dangerous. Wikipedia, on the other hand, says that sensory effects include visual and auditory hallucinations followed by emotional changes and altered perception of time and space. These shifts in perception visually include enhancement and contrasting of colors, strange light phenomena such as auras or halos around light sources surfaces that seem to ripple, shimmer, or breathe. Sounds may seem to have increased clarity, and some users experience synesthesia, wherein they perceive, for example, a visualization of color upon hearing a particular sound. Well, that doesn't sound so Mm -hmm. bad. And the halo effect. This is your brain on drugs. Well, specifically Uh, psychedelics, and more specifically, serotonergic psychedelics, which includes substances like DMT, mescaline, and of course, psilocybin, or magic mushrooms. Some of you psychonauts out there might be saying, oh hey, don't forget about LSD. Don't worry, I didn't. LSD also falls into this category, but it has effects on dopamine signaling as well, so it's sort of a special example here. All of these drugs can cause euphoria, giddiness, paranoia, fear, and they can have a dramatic impact on cognition and perception, including causing a distorted sense of time, altered perception of color and sounds, hallucinations, and profoundly spiritual experiences. Some people even report meeting God, and for some, particular trips rank as being among the most meaningful experiences of their lives.
0: Time literally makes no sense. Money makes no sense. It, It rips away this veil of reality that shows you that All of our systems and our concepts that we follow and these structures that we believe in, they prove, uh, to me, mushrooms prove that they are man-made concepts built for profit and power. It's crazy how how clearly you see that whenever you, you know, uh, I've heard...
4: recently did a video about how mental health professionals are now using illicit drugs to treat psychiatric conditions such as PTSD, depression, and even addiction. And God forbid, in general, we heal ourselves, there's been a right? lot of press lately about how these dangerous controlled substances are proving to be incredibly effective medicines. To learn more about how the U.S. government decides which drugs need to be controlled, and how they're being used in a therapy setting, check out Micah's video. Link in the description and also up there. It's super exciting that there are more scientists and physicians exploring the potential of these drugs for treating mental illnesses. Because treating mental illness is, in general, very hard. The brain is a big, squishy, complex organ, and we don't understand it all that well. We've got a handful of antipsychotics, a couple different kinds of antidepressants, and in very severe cases, electroconvulsive shock therapy. So doctors and scientists are pretty desperate for new drugs that can help people who aren't seeing results with what's already on the market. But how is it that these drugs are proving to be so effective? And why is it that substances we usually think of as, at best, party drugs, and at worst, dangerous, addictive substances, can be so healing for our brains. Well, to be totally honest, because of the challenges of studying these drugs, thanks a bunch, FDA, and because neurochemistry is hard, we're not 100% sure we know exactly what's going on. But we do have some ideas. Let's get back to our main example, psilocybin. Psilocybin is the active ingredient in most so-called magic mushrooms, which might make you think of tripped-out hippies and burning men. The truth is, Gee, the history of psilocybin goes back thousands of years. Check
6: Rock paintings out. in
4: Australia indicate that magic mushrooms may have been consumed there as early as 10,000 B.C. And honestly, it's pretty likely we've been tripping for the entire time our species has existed.
0: What if they saw civilization and they built it based on whatever they saw? That's the true. Exactly. What if that's where everything came from?
4: Oh yeah. Other animals are known to seek out and eat plants with psychedelic effects. And there's even a fringe theory called the stoned ape hypothesis. This that was says mentioned that humans in that became Joe Rogan. conscious mm-hmm. because we opened our minds using psychedelics. But we're not gonna get into that, because it's actually a pretty bad theory. More recently, psychedelic <laughs> mushrooms have long been used by the indigenous people of Mesoamerica for religious contradiction
0: ceremonies. Contradiction one.
4: In fact, the name for magic mushrooms in Nahuatl is teonanacatl, which literally translates to flesh of the gods. The term magic mushrooms comes from a 1957 article in Life magazine called Seeking the Magic Mushroom, written by amateur mycologist R. Gordon Wasson, who described his experience participating in a mushroom ceremony guided by the shaman Maria Sabina. The story attracted the attention of others interested in psychedelic compounds, and psilocybin quickly joined the ranks of psychedelics that began to proliferate within the counterculture community. Similarly, DMT is derived from plant sources, and mescaline is found in cacti in Mexico and the Andes region of South America. Both have long been used for religious and spiritual ceremonies among the indigenous people of the regions in which they're found. So psychedelics are nothing new. And in many cultures, they've been revered for thousands of years. But as Micah described, thanks to a lot of fear-mongering and honestly, racism, most of these drugs have been painted as dangerous and or addictive.
0: This is the second episode where that same crap comes up as reasons why are we still fighting over all that mess? It's America. it's garbage. Like people, take a look at look at look at all this crap. The the history of it. You'll see that it's just nonsense. It's all made up so that people can make money.
1: And it kind of makes you mad that we've kind of tried to wipe the indigenous people out like the Indians, like maybe they actually had it right.
0: <laughs> oh, but you know, capitalism, you got to make money, right? Apparently
4: everything. <sighs> garbage. And basically all of them are illegal in the U.S. outside of very specific circumstances. Blah blah blah, I hear you saying. I know, you want me to get to the good stuff, the science. But the context is important here, because when we think about the effects of different substances, it's important to consider where they come from, how they've been used in the past, and the real risks and benefits of their use, not just the assumptions we have because of pop culture and propaganda. But since I'm such a kind host, I guess we can talk about what it does to your brain. The effects of serotonergic psychedelics may feel somewhat obvious. I mean, serotonin is right there in the name. Serotonin, if you're not familiar with it, is a monoamine that acts as a neurotransmitter, but is also found throughout the body our bodies make serotonin from tryptophan. Yes, that infamous amino acid that supposedly puts you to sleep after a big turkey dinner. The majority of serotonin, over 90%, is actually found in our digestive system where it plays a big role in digestion and in particular in gut motility, which is basically how your intestines keep it all moving along. Only around 2% of your serotonin is actually found in the central nervous system, where it's produced primarily by neurons in the raphe nuclei in the brainstem that project different areas all around the brain. Serotonin has direct effects on the neurons it binds to, and it also modulates the effects of other neurotransmitters, like dopamine and norepinephrine. Many people are familiar with serotonin because of its association with mood and well-being. It also plays a role in cognition and psychosis, but really, its effects are not that well understood. We do know that low levels of serotonin are associated with obsessive compulsive disorder and that its levels fluctuate during social interactions. A long-held hypothesis about depression is that it's a result of low levels of serotonin in the brain, But that theory is losing ground in light of more recent evidence showing that depression may be more related to changes in brain structure and inflammation markers. Still, there's enough evidence for its role in mood that it's one of the primary targets for antidepressant medications. Old-school antidepressants known as MAOIs or monoamine oxidase inhibitors boost serotonin and dopamine levels in the brain by blocking monoamine oxidase, which prevents the enzyme from breaking down these neurotransmitters so they can linger in the synapse longer. These days, SSRIs or SNRIs, selective serotonin or selective norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors, are much more popular as they have fewer side effects. These drugs are thought to work by preventing neurons from reabsorbing serotonin and or norepinephrine after it's been released into the synapse which leaves more of those good, good neurotransmitters floating around so they can continue to have a downstream effect on signaling. Taken together, this basically means that when you boost the level of serotonin signaling in the brain, in general, you typically see improvements in mood. But on the flip side...
0: All right, we're gonna cut that one there. I love that my, my new camera just keeps on overheating or something.
1: At that time, it just decided it was going to jump off the desk.
0: It overheated. Oh, well.
1: So, hinging on what she was saying, it basically the mood boost part of the psilocybin. Yeah. That is something that I've been reading on. I don't know if we have a clip or not, but I was reading where Johns Hopkins did a study, and in 60% of the people that they gave a large dose they didn't say how much a large dose was they just said a large dose of psilocybin to it altered their mood for an entire year off of one large dose wow and that 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 is just great to me because you've got people with um you know PTSD you've got the schizophrenic patients, things like that. If one dose a year can have them even kiltered on a on a normal playing field, you know that's life changing for people. You can give them back their mother, their father, their brother, their sister for things that their brain can't control
0: yeah for sure uh, so yeah we'll get into the dosing of it later on i have a video on micro dosing i i had a video on hero dosing uh i don't feel it's very responsible for us to play that but we can talk about it um most people so micro dose obviously you have micro macro and then hero uh micro is going to be the small dose the where you do not lose grip on reality uh you would Basically, that's what a lot of the mental health aspects of it. It helps you break some things down in your brain and kind of make sense of some things. Macro is going to be basically an everyday party dose would be another name for it. Um, That's a standard, you know, two to three gram dose for someone that needs to really dive deep into their consciousness. Uh, That's really what there is. And then you have the hero dose. And the hero dose is what you're kind of referring to in terms of people dealing with some deep-seated trauma uh, if they need to there's been experiences and this is where I kind of wanted to go with the demystifying mushrooms video that I was talking about deep diving we're going to get into this next video where the guide dives into dealing with trauma in terms of dead relatives and things left unsaid with people, traumatic fights. Uh, the hero does for some of these people, they will go so deep into their consciousness that they actually have the conversation with the person to deal with whatever it is that was left unsaid. And they come out of that, obviously, you know, healing some of that trauma. So he's going to go deeper into that, but that's that's kind of where, to me, it, it looks like where you were going with that is that people deal with things and bury things to the point to where it can drive someone literally mad if they don't deal with it. Right, You know, that's where the PTSD comes from is this traumatic, your brain trying to make sense of something and shoving it down so deep that you just don't even, sometimes some people don't even acknowledge that it's there.
1: A good way to, uh, to put it into an analogy would be like, imagine going into a room and somebody locks the door behind you and you're just trapped in there with all those thoughts. Well, with the mushrooms, what it does is effectively give you windows that unlock so that you can, you can get out of this room and, and comfortably navigate all your thoughts and your feelings and, and work past them. So you're no longer trapped in this room with all of these emotions, with all of these thoughts, with all of these past transgressions.
0: It's super interesting. Okay. So the next video, we're going to get into is demystifying mushrooms. Uh, This one for me is important because this is a reporter on, he does it. He has a channel on YouTube, but he's a, he's a mainstream reporter and he basically puts himself into uncomfortable situations to learn more about whatever it is that, uh, obviously not, you know, nothing in terms of risk of death or anything like that. But he basically takes one for the team on the layman's side of things. And it and breaks down an experience from someone that's never even thought about going through with something like this. So all righty, here we go demystifying mushrooms.
8: We are here in a hotel room in Jamaica. Let me show you what I have here. This is a time lapse of a bunch of mushrooms you cannot grow in the U.S. This is my first touch of a living psilocybin mushroom. This is a magic mushroom right here. So there are compounds in here that will make you hallucinate. Oh, holy crud. In fact, this is a psilocybin-containing mushroom, which according to studies is as effective as the leading antidepressant medication and the kind of cool thing about it is that it doesn't require daily doses. It's free if you know where to look, and it grows all around us. Many of you are well aware of this beautiful mushroom, but some of you may not be as familiar, maybe you're a little bit curious about it. I feel like my role here as a biologist is just to bring up the misconceptions, break some stereotypes, and talk about the science that is really underlying why this mushroom is so powerful. That is why I am here in Jamaica. The reason we're in Jamaica right now is because of, well, shall I say, a historical miscategorization. You see, the term magic mushrooms was introduced in 1957 by hobby mycologist R. Gordon Wasson, the first Westerner to participate in indigenous mushroom ceremonies in Mexico and then tell the story back to the West chemist Albert Hoffman discovered that these mushrooms contain the active ingredients psilocybin and psilocin. These compounds are found in nearly 200 species of mushrooms, most in the genera psilocybe, in addition to a few related genera. But for some difficult to understand reason, which I'll touch on later, their legal use was only just over a decade. Magic mushrooms were made illegal in most of the world in 1970 not Jamaica. So here we can talk freely about it. Now, for those of you who don't know my background, I'm a biologist by training. I've been studying psychoactive plants and fungi and ethnobotany since I was in grad school 20 years ago, but I'm probably not your stereotypical champion of mushrooms. I don't wear tie-dye, I don't have colored hair, I don't even have cool glasses. I actually grew up in the South. I'm a scientist through and through, but also do a lot within my church, and I love to explore Judeo-Christian archeology. span Definitely Moses passed through this area, right? (laughs) I was 40 years old before I ever tried a psychoactive drug other than alcohol. I didn't even drink coffee. At my core, I'm an athlete. I focus on what I can do to live my best, most productive life. But around the time I hit 40, I started seeing the manifestation of a mental health crisis happening all around me. Now, I've probably only had just a few glimpses of what it might be like personally. I don't have depression, yet it appeared so prominently in the others around me. In fact, I would say 75% of the people I know via filmmaking and the arts and music suffered from depression, anxiety, PTSD, traumas. And this mental health struggle even took the life of people very close to me. And while I understand that having good mental and physical health is in large part about a lifetime of setting yourself up for success, making decisions, and it's just really hard work, the idea that there is a mushroom out there that has been used culturally for millennia that seems to be better at addressing some of these things than our modern pharmaceuticals, that is fascinating. Could it help the world, and for that matter, me? I'm here in Jamaica to see my first psilocybin-containing mushroom, Psilocybe cubensis. It's commonly referred to as the golden cap. GTS. This is Trad Cotter. He's my mycologist friend who's here to show me why these mushrooms are so incredibly cool.
5: Now they're like, hey, some of our friends are missing. What happened to them? I believe I love this. that if you can't feel yourself, you can't heal yourself.
8: I love the blue hair, Whoa, Trad. Man. Looks good, eh? Yeah, I was just Trad that. actually grew up in the military and okay. then studied mushrooms. He, he helped start a mushroom farm back in the States twenty five years ago. Okay, do you know why they have blue hair? No. So they all have blue
0: hair so that the people while you're having the experience you can look around and see who is uh, your safe person. Oh. Yeah. So they, and I mean, it has something to do with the location that they're in. I'm not sure if he explains it in this video or another one that I watched. That's why I wanted to kind of give you, but he might explain it a little bit more. It's kind of just
1: like a social marker, like, hey.
0: Yeah. It's, it's your, it's letting someone always know that they have someone around them to keep them safe.
1: That is very unique Very
0: interesting.
8: Yeah. Grows all kinds of delicious gourmet mushrooms. He then discovered how these mushrooms could help people. In fact, he comes down to Jamaica every month to run these retreats to help people get better. I'm here specifically as part of one of these group therapy sessions. Overlooking the water. This is an A-plus for me. Now for a little bit of yoga. For the sake of understanding what this mushroom is all about, and not just something I read on Wikipedia, I'm going for it here and I plan to experience what everyone else is going through in this safe and Uh, legal setting. I should note that when I talk to my mom, my mom was not thrilled so never about this, this. In fact, never. she basically said, Do not use drugs, Rob, because they will melt your brain. <laughs> that is what I had to ask Irene.
2: It's definitely not going to melt your brain cells. Absolutely not. And there is a, <laughs> a proof for that. We have you know, so many years experience in uh, clinical research, and we know how it works. We know for sure. We're not guessing.
8: Irene is our therapist helping guide us through this journey. She has years and years of experience.
2: You want to get help, so try with a lower dose, with the right settings, right facilitators, therapist, and you'll be fine, you'll be safe.
5: All the decisions about this therapy She's is bleep. based on her judgment about certified clinical trials being done in the US. And they're done with that level of expertise and that level of safety here in a safe setting.
8: And one thing that is really important to note is that it's this compound is extremely <laughs> safe. <laughs> They're non-toxic.
5: There's no LD50, which means there's no lethal dose for taking
0: psilocybin. This is an important... I was just about to say, this is an important part. He's going to go a little deeper into it, but we've already heard in previous videos where FDA and people like that claim that there is a legal uh, lethal dose. So,
8: uh, not true. Point and I wanted to elaborate on this. So let's compare it to something we all know of alcohol. One glass, about this much, might make you buzzed, but 10 times that, which is like two, two and a half bottles here, that will kill you. That is the lethal dose. That's a bit of an exaggeration there, I
0: believe. Yeah. I I think I could get down two bottles. I know I can't. I've done it.
1: (laughs) Oops.
8: That means the lethal dose to effective dose of alcohol is 10. Now you can visualize that like this. Here's alcohol with a value of 10. Now let's compare other drugs to alcohol. You have heroin, (laughs) Datura, and nutmeg, which are actually more lethal. That means they have a value of less than 10. Now less lethal according to this ratio is cocaine, ecstasy, codeine, ketamine, kava kava, and then almost off the chart is psilocybin at over a thousand. That means it's almost impossibly high for a lethal dose, so that's good. that means it's actually fairly safe. Now here's one more way to visualize these drugs. I can plot this ratio versus the dependency potential. You have low, moderate, high, and I put another one yeah, definitely very not high. An so drugs drug. with a very low lethal dose to effective dose, like we talked about down here in this region. Those can be very dangerous drugs. And then combine that with the fact that if you have a high dependency potential, they're very addictive. So up here at the top, you have heroin, morphine, not too far off, you have nicotine, which is very highly addictive. You also have cocaine, alcohol, and MDMA and caffeine, which I know a lot of us are dependent on. Then you have ketamine, and then way to the other end here, you have psilocybin. It is basically the opposite of an addictive drug. Oddly, this data seems to be the proof needed to take it off schedule one drug status, which states that there-
0: Yeah, I don't know a single person that would ever look at you and, with a straight face and go like, I'm addicted to mushrooms. I, I, I have to have them every day. Is, it's not possible. However,
1: I find it very interesting in watching that. Notice THC was not listed at all.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Also, uh, side note on all the the ones that he talked about, ketamine is a future episode. Uh, it's recently become legal Ish. Well, it's legal, but uh, it has. It depends on the setting and things like that. Is that the
1: tranquilizer? It's
0: it's commonly known as horse tranquilizer, but it's it's a same type experience. Uh, We'll get deeper into it later on, but just know that it's it's kind of like that. You go into a controlled setting with a doctor. uh, They basically give you a dose that will help you go under and deal with things, and it does the same thing. It locks all the information in your brain to another way of uh, dealing with mental health that's actually legal at least in Georgia and a few other states but we'll get into that I don't have enough research there to actually riff on ketamine but it's definitely coming as a future episode
8: a high potential for abuse, and no currently accepted medical use. The FDA has noticed the science too, and in 2019 designated psilocybin a breakthrough therapy for severe depression. And that is what I want to investigate more, because let's just say there's a lot of science that seems to indicate that it is potentially very valuable. And that is why I'm here in Jamaica, swimming in the ocean, on a beach, in a yoga studio, doing yoga. All with a bunch of others who have a shared interest in the breakthrough science that is showing how this mushroom can actually help people. This is what we know so far. This mushroom does some interesting things within the brain. Here's a mind map of neural connections of a normal brain. Each color yeah, maps a different representation brain region. Of the region. Here's the same brain on psilocybin. Essentially, it creates strong links all over the brain. It also turns down the default mode network, which is how we can ignore things that don't seem to be relevant at the time. By turning that off, Logic. people are often able to perceive things that they would never be able to perceive before. Uh. Colors are connected to smell and music, but it also makes it easier for people to connect the dots within their own brain. Now before I go any further, I should note that I'm not promoting people go randomly experiment with any of this. I'm here to describe how it's done in a supervised setting. We are all working through this together with the help of a therapist? Trust in these people here is extremely important. Luckily, I gelled well because Irene was a pharmacist, and like me, she didn't really like what the standard drugs were doing to people. Dampening emotions. And Trad is a scientist from Clemson who's very analytical, and I trust Trusted that he was growing good mushrooms and Pasha who like myself is an athlete and is now serving to watch over the group so he made sure we all felt safe point is this medicine works differently I had to wrap my head around that you see this approach of finding intention through this session like this and then letting this medicine amplify your current state is partly how it all works amazingly but I Such a vital part of that.
0: And just to make it very clear to anyone that's considering this path of treatment or anything like this intention is literally everything with this. You're able to not exactly manifest things, but you're able to manifest your thoughts into uh, a logical step in the right direction. But if you go into that intention with, you know, bad thoughts it can very much control the outcome of your experience so always make sure that your intentions are good before going into something like this the the objection is to heal not to party
8: was excited to figure out how this affects everyone here tomorrow's the day So here's where the mushroom experience happens. Be wearing masks, laying on mats with blankets. Knowing that it's a safe space is really important because that affects your own experience. That's what's so interesting about these mushrooms. Now I decided my plan for the session was to just observe things, not document too much. I took notes in my notebook, but promised everyone else I wouldn't be filming their experience. After I handed my camera off to start this process, I put on my shades and my headphones. I went into a deep meditation. I'm gonna to try to describe better what it was like in the next video, but I will say for now, I understand why people create stock video clips just like this. It was intense, <laughs> and honestly, it was more of a feeling than a visual experience. Occasionally, the others in the room would come over, put a hand on mine, let me know I was okay. A couple hours in, I thought the journey was over, so I walked outside just because it was a burning question, it made me jump instantly to the
0: next video. Uh, he goes into explaining that he was in uh, a home, uh, like a, a big castle, a house type thing. And that he was, uh, that there was an octopus that was protecting the house with its tentacles or the castle with its tentacles, but it wasn't scary. It wasn't uh, anything to be fearful of. It was letting him know that the octopus was there to protect him so that he could walk freely through the castle and each room that he went to, he dealt with a uh, specific trauma that he wanted to deal with. He said that he was able to see his pets in one room that he had missed and he was able to say goodbye to the pet that he never got to say goodbye to. He went into another room where he had a boss and he was able to deal with all of his issues with the boss, have a conversation with the boss and settle it. And then uh, there was some other family stuff that he went into. uh, But he was saying that, you know, during this time, he didn't leave the room. He did not uh, have anyone that was talking to him. He didn't see anything. He didn't hear anything. He had on noise cancellation earphones as well as a blindfold on. So he journeyed in his mind into all of these places and dealt with all of these things.
1: Dude, I need that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's unbelievable when you look at the science behind all of this.
1: Ooh.
8: Folks, and this, oddly, is where the real magic happened. And truly amazing he's, conversations he's and insight ensued. I went through what felt like an
7: exorcism with Eileen, who is a saint.
1: I don't think a lot of people have like experienced it this way.
8: It's special. Very rewarding. <laughs> it was hard. And things come up that haven't been dealt with in a long time. But I feel like it was a thousand years of therapy in eight hours. And what blew my mind is that when the mushrooms were taken in this way, it seemed that most people had a very powerful experience and then stated a pretty admirable takeaway. And so it's given me a direction for how to go home and be a better dad, which is incredible. I was here really worried about being away from my family and my kids, and it's given me some relief that. It was a big purpose to us. I just want to be a good dad. I'm trying my best. These powerful revelations, which seem obvious, are sticky too. Johns Hopkins researchers found that people trying to stop smoking had an 80% success rate after six months with use of psilocybin. Compare that to only 35% with those taking the leading smoking cessation drug. It's also helping people get over anxiety, depression, traumas, and end-of-life fears. And it helps people make the changes they want to make. That's cool. And I still don't know how to explain what's happening.
3: This is a medicine for
1: healing, really meets you where you are, allows you to receive what you're ready for. This is ancient wisdom, ancient knowledge and access that we have. When we can move beyond just thinking about it as a drug. Calls in the curious souls, ones who have tried everything, right? And it's available in here for
3: whoever and whenever you want to explore.
8: And that's it. We're done. Now it's clear that this mushroom isn't this bad thing that people have portrayed it as. While we're still understanding how it works, we know it can help a lot of people if used in the right way. So here I am at the integration bonfire, writing down with everyone else the things I want to move past and then tossing it in the fire. Now I'm not sure how I created such a bond in three days with the people here, but I think we all share a vision for a brighter future. I hope more people can experience this. So how now could I not want to share this, the science and this experience with others? Because I do think if people opened up to this and explored their mind in this way, it really would make the world a better, more loving place for all of us. It really is a medicine, if used right. You know, all the people that we did it with were warm and wonderful and courageous and just awesome. It's good to do it with you. <laughs> I don't know, I just feel kind of excited that I can make a video about this now while it's fairly new and not everybody knows about it already. So if you have stories that you want to share about how it has affected you, leave it down in the comments. Of course, it's not for everyone. We'll address that in the next video. There you have it. And a big thank you to all of my patrons. All right.
1: All right, so I just have one question coming away from that. What's that? team building exercise in jamaica because ah. <laughs> <Right. laughs> i am down
0: man what an incredible depiction of it you know right. like it's, it's it's he's not wrong too you know it's not for everyone it it's it's something to be not taken lightly it's not a party drug it's not these These things that we talk about and the direction that we're taking with our company, uh, we wanna make it very clear that we're not doing this for cultural reasons of being the first to bring legal weed and things like that to the market. We're doing this because we genuinely feel like the more people that know about these products and the more people that have education on these things are able to make better decisions for themselves and their lives for themselves, finally. we, We have learned Uh, the past couple years that we cannot trust words that are coming out of the powers that be so we have to educate ourselves and make decisions that are best for us because we're all individuals and that's kind of our purpose here and that's why we want to dive so deep into this and I believe it's why we constantly are shut down because you're not supposed to know about these things
1: yeah we we literally look into the medicinal side of everything and we know that the medicinal far outweighs any of the party side side of it
0: well and i know that we're all on the same page that if there is uh death associated with products i don't want them in my store no no no, Uh, no i don't want anyone dying from anything that uh we do so it's very important that that is a vital part of our business. All right. So we have one more serious video to get to, and then we're gonna to get to the funny one of the day. So the next video is gonna be of information on microdosing, which we got into that a little while ago. This one's gonna go a little deeper into it for you. So here we go. Before I get started I want
3: to thank Audible for sponsoring this video. Right now, it kind of feels like my fingers are vibrating, and I don't think I'm supposed to feel like that. Oh, this isn't good. This feels really bad. Oh, no. What's happening right now, this is not microdosing. Microdosing, for context, is the consumption of a small amount of psychedelics, usually LSD or psilocybin, which is most commonly found in magic mushrooms. These are compounds that have the power to take a normal human brain under a neural scan and light it up like this. Scientists have been interested in the effects of psychedelics since the 1950s, with the CIA testing LSD on subjects with the hope that it could unlock the power of human mind control. Spoiler alert, it didn't work. However, a sudden shift in culture and politics at the end of the 1960s made psychedelics illegal, and almost overnight, it became virtually impossible for researchers to pursue any new testing or research into the effects of these drugs, until very recently.
4: Researchers
8: are experimenting with the use of magic mushrooms. Showing they could treat things like depression, PTSD, and addiction. The results so far are so encouraging. People come out feeling
3: alive again. The past decade has produced incredible breakthroughs in the use of psychedelics for treating various mental health conditions, with additional research finding that microdosing a small amount of psilocybin could also boost creative thinking. So for the next 30 days, I want to try microdosing psilocybin to test three of its most common claims, that it can improve our creative thought, our focus and overall mood and at the end of my three days I'm going to conduct a large group test to see if any of my personal experience holds true on a larger scale. It feels so dumb already. Quick <laughs> disclaimer I live in one of the few cities that has voted to decriminalize psychedelics. You can purchase magic mushrooms at a walk-in store and I know yep, that is not the situation for most people. Also if you're watching this and you're a cop or my mom, uh, this is a sketch and none of it's real. <laughs> but if it was, here's how it would work. Once every three days, I'm going to consume one tenth a recreational dose of psilocybin, which for me is going to be between 0.2 and That's 0.3 grams. That's an
0: oyster mushroom. This not won't be enough mystery. to experience
3: the trippy, dreamlike no experience psychedelics it are known for. Instead, it should be just enough to explore the creative and productivity benefits many people claim to experience through microdosing. While I may feel some effects through the first couple hours, from what I've read, I should continue to see benefits from the microdose for the two days following as well. Yeah. So on day one, I took what I thought. Was a proper microdose and sat down to test it out. So, this is day one microdosing for creativity and productivity. My plan was to go through some writing on an upcoming video, and it was about 45 minutes before I started to feel a kind of unfamiliar feeling in the back Here of he my goes. mind. I continued working, and for a while, my concentration on my work remained focused. So focused, in fact, I forgot my camera was rolling, and when I did remember, I couldn't find my words when I tried to explain what it was I was feeling. brain just goes like, oh yeah, like all this other stuff. Then I proceeded to do 18 more takes convinced I was failing to get. Yeah,
0: whatever direction he thought he was going to take, you don't have control over that.
1: It takes you where it wants you to go.
0: Yeah, you need to learn. It teaches you whatever you need to learn. And, and I think that's another common misconception is that, yes, with microdose, you do have a little bit of control over it, but you have to be willing to go on a little bit of
3: a ride. Yeah. Any of them, right? Just When I'm on the work and I can really lock in. Oh, gosh.
0: I'll-
3: Furthermore, it's the
0: post. Uh, this stage that he's going through is the ramp up. The ramp down is much more clear and much more uh, concise and, little bit more thought driven this is the panic your brain goes through whenever it doesn't realize what is happening
1: this is the synopsis trying to fire originally and and starting to connect and and creating the pathways the the downside is is they're already connected so you're forming
0: thoughts there's a a million and one things going on in your brain at this moment and he's trying to figure out how to make one coherent thought
3: it's overloaded yeah i did this right Eventually, I decided I wasn't in a state to get any work done and instead watched Midsummer on my sofa. Coming to terms with the fact that rather than a boost in creativity on day one, my experience was more like a mini trip.
9: Prevailing theory is that top down structures that we learn throughout our lives, psychedelics seem to add all kinds of entropy in a way that you are allowed to look at things from a new perspective, but also develop new patterns.
3: This is Martin Strip, the co-founder of Synthesis, a psychedelic retreat that has been working with researchers from Imperial College to explore the transformative effects of psilocybin.
9: It really helps with people that seem to be too stuck in a certain pattern. So think about addiction, OCD, body dysmorphia, anxiety, depression, often those are loops that people are in. And what comes up is how we really feel and everything we've been holding, whether that's you know sense of trauma or sense of gratefulness or sense of connection with with uh, our loved ones that becomes very very in, almost intensely present
3: after talking with Martine, i know i need to be more careful measuring my microdosis at the start of each day and almost immediately i started to see a real spike in my daily productivity one thing that's really noteworthy is on my second and third days when you're still supposed to be feeling those like carryover effects of the psilocybin, I had two of the most productive days in recent memory. I mean, I got all of my work done that was on my to-do list. I worked out early and efficiently. I even was like reading some short stories before bed. So if I have more days like that coming ahead, that would be amazing. But these benefits didn't last. Today, I'm really struggling to stay motivated with my work. My thoughts feel really loose and unfocused and this is not the first day i have felt like this especially when i am in the first couple hours after i take a microdose i'm getting really inconsistent results each time i take it which can lead to days like this that suck so gotta say one and a half weeks in not the best so far after a frustrating couple of days i decided to put this challenge on hold for a week to try and figure out a better way to approach it then, when I was editing through my interview with Martin, I found this piece of advice that I'd forgotten he mentioned.
9: The experience is very dependent on the context in which it is taken. For example, you take a painkiller and painkiller works whether you're at home or whether you're in a plane. With a psychedelic, you have a very, very different experience in those two situations. So, What I would recommend you do is every time you take the, the microdose, you do it in conjunction by starting out with a meditation or uh, listening to binaural beats or whatever is your
0: intention. Preference.
3: So I decided to shift the time of my microdose to the evening, while carving out time to pair it with some mindfulness breathing and music. Other activities I tried including drawing while listening to an audiobook, doing some journaling or reading, all of which made the experience much more relaxing and easy to get through, and allowed me to stay productive with my work the following day. While I am seeing improvement in my experience since I switched to microdosing in the evening rather than early in the day, I know I can't draw any meaningful conclusions just from my own personal experience. So I decided to take a closer look at the 2018 study that found microdosing psilocybin improved subjects' creative thinking skills. I wanted to find out how their research team was able to measure something as complex as human creativity, and it turns out it's pretty hard. To simplify their tests, the research team divided their focus into two areas of creative thought those being divergent and convergent thinking skills. Convergent thinking focuses on our creative problem-solving when there is a single solution that may require some out-of-the-box thinking. Divergent thinking, on the other hand, measures our mental flexibility by asking subjects not to find one correct solution, but instead to come up with as many possible solutions as they can imagine. A common divergent thinking test is to give someone an item and ask them to list as many possible uses for that item as they can come up with. So to test if microdosing really can improve our creative thinking, I asked my brother Cam and some of our friends if they'd be willing to try some divergent and convergent thinking tests to see how they scored.
8: Draw four continuous straight lines, connecting all the dots without lifting your pencil from the paper.
3: Move one matchstick to make this
5: equation correct. I feel so dumb already.
0: <laughs>
7: so as many uses of this item as possible. You could tape it over an outlet to babyproof the outlet. Oh, ooh, you do you have a back scratcher? Looks like a good vessel to like
1: float on top of water.
3: <laughs> Once the first test was complete, they agreed to each consume a microdose and return in 90 minutes to take a second test. If their scores came back higher the second time around, we'd know microducing produced an improvement. But I also realized I was introducing a variable here. If my second test wound up to be harder or easier than the first test, it would ruin the whole experiment. So to control for this during our first round of testing, I gave half the subjects test A and the others test B. This meant if one test was harder than the other, it didn't really matter. When they came back for round two, each group would just take the opposite test. We also included a control group who didn't consume a microdose between the two tests to see if their scores improved at the same rate as everyone else's. All that was left now was to see how they fared.
2: Uh, yeah, let's start with waterboarding. <laughs> you can signal with the pen. Yes,
7: no. Make yourself vomit.
3: Keep the cap. You should take a very small dose of something.
8: <laughs>
1: oh,
7: I know the answer to this one. This is too easy. Use it to eat food out
8: of. Oh, wait, no. That doesn't actually work. Uh, like a little bit of that. As a fan. Like a shoulder stretcher. Put it over a loaf of bread when it's rising. The 59th day.
0: It's interesting to me that it's not so much that they're getting it right, it's that the anxiety behind getting it right is gone. Yeah. You know, you can just see that less they just less stress. Yeah, they just they don't care. It's it's yeah. just a game at this yeah. point. So it just helps them deal with it, boy. It's weird.
3: Honestly, no, nah, I don't know.
8: Maybe that that microdose did do something.
3: <laughs> when we tallied the results on both tests, the scores on test A improved by 20% after subjects consumed a microdose while the scores on test B improved by 50%. When we compared these results to the control group, we found the control group showed no improvement between their first and second test. So I think that pretty much speaks for itself.
0: It took the anxiety of the task out of it, like I said, but do do you experience this thing? I talk about it all the time with uh, Stacy. Do you experience something where, let's say, you have to do the laundry, Right. And you look at the laundry and you go like, oh my God, I don't want to do the laundry. I don't care about the laundry. I don't care if the laundry gets done. This is going to mess up my whole, everything I got going on. Do you ever feel that way?
1: For me, it's the kitchen. If I walk into the kitchen after the kids have been in there, I'm like, I, I don't I don't even have the mental capacity to deal with
0: this. You just want to run. It's, yeah. It's it's almost like a fight or flight feeling, but in a smaller way. And I know I deal with this on a daily basis. It takes that out of it. That's a good representation of how a microdose feels. You if you have a task, you don't think of why you need to do the task or why you must do the task. It's just like you're just kind of like, oh, I'm going to go do this task because it's a task worth experiencing. Because when I get done, I usually feel better about doing that task. Do you see what I mean? It makes you go deeper into the idea of, well, let's see what happens when I do the task rather than,
1: oh God, my whole house would be clean (laughs) constantly. (laughs) It's, it's,
0: Because whenever you do something like that, what's the end feeling of like if you actually do tackle the laundry and you get to the end of it and then you're left with no laundry and it's all put up and it's nice. What's that feeling? You get that feeling of accomplishment. I did it. And you get that serotonin boost. So Mm -hmm. it gives you that and it makes it to where the anxiety is not even a part of it. Good, good description of it.
3: Microdosing definitely makes you smarter and more creative, proved it with science.
7: Yes, science!
3: (laughs) Obviously I'm being sarcastic as our sample of eight people is way too small. But as we were working on this video, one of the very first phase three tests with over a hundred subjects showed that therapy aided by psychedelics was able to heal mental trauma caused by PTSD. It's one of the largest studies of its kind and I genuinely believe we are entering a turning point into how we classify psychedelic substances understanding them as a tool that could be transformative for so many people. All that said, the major claims around microdosing remain largely unproven. And even though I was kind of shocked by the results of our mini-experiment, there was nothing I found in my experience that would lead me to recommend microdosing as a meaningful tool to unlock your focus, creativity, or improve your mood. If you would still like to learn more about this topic, I recommend you use the sponsor of this video, Audible, to check out Michael Pollan's audiobook, How to Change Your Mind. What the Science of Psychedelics Teaches. Okay.
0: Interesting. So yeah, it's definitely uh, not for everybody. And I think also, too, if you were to take uh, a lot of the experiences out of it to where it it was like under a test type subject where he was doing it consistently over a period of time, maybe you don't need that much. Of an experience, you know, maybe that small microdose would be enough. I I know for me, it's like uh, the microdose is plenty. I don't need to repeat the process over and over and over again. But you know, everyone's different. I think
1: it also may have to hinge on how how deep rooted is your trauma.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I would I would wholeheartedly agree with that.
1: Someone who hasn't really had a hard life and they just have trouble functioning or high anxiety might do well with microdose, but someone who's had a rough life and you know, any kind of abuse or anything like that might actually take a little bit stronger dose.
0: Yeah, well, just more proof that what we say all the time, everyone is an individual. Everyone's different. Oh, yeah. Well, this was fun. We're an hour and 30 minutes in. Actually, we're an hour and 44 minutes in. Um, let's, I
1: actually learned some new things today that yeah, I Yeah, this, w-
0: this was a good one. This was a really good one. All right, we have one last video, and just for those of you that are new here, uh, what we're doing is is we always end on a positive note, on a happy, funny note, so this is going to be Theo Van and uh, Nick Swardson, I think his name is, I, I never remember his name, they're two comedians, they're going to be talking about a mushroom experience, so disclaimer, it gets a bit vulgar, so if you don't want to hear that stuff, turn it off, but uh, yeah, After this, we're going to go to the end screen. So we're going to go ahead and say goodbye here, but stay tuned for this last video. I promise you it's funny and you'll get a good laugh out of it. So thank you everyone for joining us today on the stream. DJ, this has been awesome. Again, it's just fun after fun with all this stuff. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So we're going to be back on Monday. We're going to take the weekend off, kind of adjust some things on the stream, try to get our connections better. We got a lot of work to do, but as you can see, every day it gets better and better and better. So thank you guys for joining us. Make sure to check out getgoodlife.com. Also go to our link tree. Uh, I'll post all the information here in the chat in just a second. So thank you guys. We will see you Monday and enjoy this video.
1: Have a good weekend.
2: I mean, when I got introduced to, like, other shit, like, we got shit popped off. I remember uh, somebody offered me uh, 420 this year. I was in Denver doing Red Rocks, which was dope. And uh, somebody offered me mushrooms. And I was like, I can't do that stuff anymore. But I did back in the day. So, I, to add I your mushroom story, I, my buddy's brother went to school in Colorado, came back to Minnesota, and he had a garbage bag, small garbage bag of mushrooms yeah. that were rogue. Yeah. Rogue from the fucking manure that's Oh yeah grow Off a of of. bison shit Those yeah. are the hard hitters oh, now fucking, That's what Rogan fucking eats like cereal now Oh dude He just wakes up like fucking Wheaties Yeah And it's just dookie shrooms <laughs> yeah, yeah, And then he just goes into his fucking eighth eye on his neck or whatever Oh somebody and said he had a
7: cup of calf blood earlier They saw him sitting on the side of the fucking interstate Yeah and drinking. he drinks it
2: like that He gets pinkies out <laughs> with his calf blood like fancy fucking cow goes moo shit
7: oh just uh, somebody said that they did that, that they saw him just crushing up t cells and fucking snorting lines I'm oh a...
2: yeah dude fuck man wild guy um so <laughs> I, we started just taking handfuls of mushrooms and we're like 15 <laughs> and i think I, we tally that we'd eaten about five to six grams and uh we were like gonna go to a movie and we're my that's friend's a hero bar, dose by the way like high as fuck <laughs> and uh i was like oh shit i forgot my wallet I mean, which is like
7: a big deal. Oh, it's, it's huge, huge, especially when you're tripping, bro. Yeah, you six hours. Yeah, you're in
2: high school. So I didn't have any money. Yeah. So it was in my house. So I had to go back. And I started to get high and I go and like sneak into my room. I take my wallet. And uh, I go to pee really quick so my mom doesn't hear me. And I pee. And then all of a sudden I start realizing, everybody knows this from like when you do shit like that. It's kicking in. Everybody knows the kick in where you're like, and here we go. <laughs> so I try to sneak out. My mom goes, Nicholas. And I'm like, oh, fuck. she goes, what are you doing? I go, forgot my wallet. That's what I said. I probably said, yes. <laughs> who, who knows? So she goes, hey, come here. I go into her room and she's sitting on her bed. Oh, this is not a joke. I still remember. She had neon snowflakes all over her fucking body and her face. So she goes, Nicholas. And I'm like, she goes, what? What are you doing? And I go, I have my my wallet. I forgot it. And I start laughing. Oh. And you know that high laugh, especially like on mushrooms? Where it's just, you're like, you might as well be in a haunted house. Yeah. It's just like. <laughs> so she's like, what the fuck? So I'm not telling her I'm on fucking Dookie. Fucking I agree, Lindsay. Yeah, it's dookie
7: boomers, they call them. Yeah, dookie boomers. boomers. Yeah.
2: So she goes, what's so funny? And I go I, heard, I go, I heard the funniest joke. And I'm just laughing. Which apparently, it had to have been the funniest joke ever written in the history of human race. Because I was laughing like fucking Jekyll.
7: Who tells and, uh, somebody when they're laughing I heard the funniest joke And then doesn't tell them what no, it is No she goes what was it And I go I have no idea <laughs>
2: <laughs> Then I threw myself under my own bus And then I just panicked and just walked away Just confused But she's a Minnesota old woman She had no idea what was going on But yeah that was my mushroom First mushroom
7: experience Dude I got so fucked up one time At my buddy's house dude uh, And he was fucked Fucked up, dude. I think this dude is my spirit the animal. Theo was hilarious. And at one point, he was told us, "Take my skin off, or I'm gonna beat the fuck out of you." <laughs> oh <my laughs> God, and I was like, "Whoa, bro, we're we're not doing good," you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then I went out in my car, and for some reason, took all my clothes off in the back of my car, and I was, and I had like a, a Ford Escort. It was a hatchback, two door, and someone had stole my passenger seat. Right. <laughs> so what? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, dude. Uh, And I try to get out through the front by pushing the seat up. The seat hits the horn. It's the middle of the night in my buddy's mom's driveway. So I'm (laughs) laying on the fucking horn, bro. (laughs) He comes running out, bro. He is also completely fucking naked, bro. And we got naked in separate places and then met up together naked. That's how good those mushrooms were, bro. Oh These weren't God. those fucking keep your clothes on fungi. You know what I'm saying? So we meet up. Dude. He's like,
4: what the fuck
7: are you doing? He's trying to be all quiet. Meanwhile, there's a horn going, a fucking car horn that I'm laying on. Oh, my dude, God. Dude, another time, bro. Uh, I had a couple of brothers with me, right? And this woman, brothers were kind of novice and like, you know, society a little bit a little bit more when I was growing up so I'm on mushrooms I didn't tell anybody you know and I got two of my black friends this guy named uh Mike Tyson everybody called him Boo Boo Tyson because his brother tried <laughs> to burn down the house and his leg got all cooked up Tyson. and then this other guy named Chris Jones who was real quiet but he would let me drive around he would go fuck chicks you know so anyway <laughs> uh we to name I, somebody decided, I was like oh we pulled over on the side of the uh, highway to smoke some weed and i was already so fucked up off these mushrooms and so then we're about to leave and i tell them that the car won't start right even though it will you know i know this you know so i keep pretending like it won't start so now dude it's middle of the night bro dark as fuck they're out looking under the hood bro there's no lights or anything anywhere there's no way to see anything right (laughs) and i just got my fucking two black buddies out there (laughs) fucking looking under the car hood (laughs) And I keep saying, fucking fix it, man. We got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so Staring
2: at it like it's a fucking Rubik's Cube. Like, no idea. Like, fuck. In oh, the like... dark.
7: <laughs> Bro, I fucking sat there. We sat there for a half hour i must have lost two pounds in fucking water weight out of my body from crying last i just I'm making him get back out and try to fix it man oh my god man i feel bad man one of uh but it was fun man i told him later what had happened i felt bad about it but
2: how long did you wait until you told him mm, probably
7: 15 years
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. that's a good question Good evening,
7: good afternoon, and other times. Thanks for watching that video you just saw. I mean, it was Thank you, guys. But the next we'll see you all soon. Video, you.